Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. I am Charlie. And I am Eva Lewandowski. Um, hey guys, I just want to start off by saying our contributions are needed now more than ever in the workplace, but we need to bring our A-game, and that's why we're here. We use our collaborative powers to help nurture our A-game. Yes, that's perfectly said, Charlie. You that, are on your game even though you're not feeling well. I am under the weather. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and it's good to have you back. Thank you, because I was under the weather. Yeah. And how are you? I'm okay. Excellent. I'm feeling good. I'm I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Um, you know, it's funny. When we talk about um, our collaborative abilities mm-hmm. and teamwork and leadership and how to make a difference, even as one person, you always say it starts with you. Right. right. Um, and uh, of course, I agree in my book, Building a Better Workplace Starts With You. Everything starts with you. And this week, what we're going to highlight is how to bring out our authentic you. Yes. Right? Yes. And um, it's kind of exciting for us because we're going to share your background. Yes, I'm excited to do that. And that is something that um, I think our listeners are going to really benefit from hearing. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just start out, Eva, by like we do with others and share who you are and your contact information, and then we can go from there. Well, I think what a lot of people don't know, or they may know, and because we kind of keep it in the background, is that I am a certified Martha Beck life coach. I'm also an EFT practitioner, and I've had over 30 plus years in corporate as an IT consultant. And one of the things that I'm doing now is helping people overcome stage fright. And I've developed some teleseminars and some workshops, and that's what really we're going to be talking about today. But if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can go to my website, which is core, C-O-R-E, coaching, Inc., inc.com. That's corecoachinginc.com. You can even look up Eva Lewandowski on Google and you will find Core Coaching Inc. And you can see my services there and you can learn more about me and the website. And you can also um, access all of our shows from Talk Zone, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Excellent. So, you know, you said three things. You said, I said a lot. 30 plus years in corporate. Yes. And then you said certified life coach. And mm-hmm. you also said an EFT practitioner. Yes. Can you kind of explain maybe how the two support the other or how that all came about? Well, wow. I mean, so I had a 30 plus year corporate career. And during that time, of course, I was also seeking. So I was taking a lot of spirituality classes. I started taking life coach training back in 2006. And while I was taking life coach training with Martha Beck, who is an contributor to Oprah Magazine. She's wrote, written a number of best-selling books as well. She's wow. terrific. A lot of people do know who she is. As I was um, taking training with her, I also took other certifications like Myers-Briggs certification. And during that time, I was also finding out about emotional freedom technique, which is also known as tapping, which some people refer to as emotional acupressure. But it's just a tool to help people bring down anxieties, fears, um, release any kind of blockages that are in the body in terms of emotional blockages. So while you were working in corporate, yeah. you... Um, <clears throat> You talk about stage fright. Yeah. Um, was that the the reason why you went out and tried to get this additional training? Well, that was part of the reason. Um, when it comes to stage fright, I did not have stage fright as a little kid. I liked the stage. But in high school, I realized one time in high school, it was a, I was about a junior in high school, and I had to get up and do a presentation, and suddenly my voice started shaking. And that's when it started. And it got progressively worse and worse and worse as the years went on to the point where if I would be at work in a meeting 
and someone would say, well, why don't we go around the room and introduce ourselves? That to me would be cause for panic. Like thinking about doing a radio show, how we do now, and just me talking about myself the way I'm talking about myself now would have been cause for panic. And panic that could last months. Like if I, when I was in grad school and they would say, you have to do a presentation at the end of the semester, I would panic the entire semester until it was time to do that presentation. It was terrible. It was really debilitating. So during that time, I, of course, like everyone else, you know, had some therapy and I was also reading books and just trying to find out not so much always about my stage fright, but just around how to make myself feel better. So I was always looking at personal development work, reading a lot of books, and then life coaching started coming about. It became something that, you know, people were actually learning and learning and getting certified in. And I had a career counselor that said, you may want to think about doing life coaching because I had thought about actually going back to school to become a psychotherapist, um, but so- realized I didn't want to get deep into people's Pain, I wanted to help people move forward. But you would think, right, that <clears throat> maybe a corporate career wasn't the the dream of dreams for you growing up. You just kind of fell into it. Well, you know what? I it, it, That's not necessarily true. It kind of was my dream when I was a little kid. Like, to me, like working in an office and being behind, like, office equipment, I didn't know what all working in an office was. But, you know, when you would see it on TV – I would think like, oh, that would be cool to work in an office. So in some ways, working in an office was kind of a dream of mine because I did think being a career woman was a cool thing to be. I didn't know how that was going to look. And when I started out and I became an accountant, I mean, that was only because, you know, back then, did you really have career counseling? I mean, did you really have career counseling back in the 60s and the 70s? I mean, it was just like, you're good with numbers, kids. I had, so counseling. Go ahead and be I had counseling, but it was in, in music <laughs> lyrics. Well, no, but that wasn't, that was just, <laughs> do, do you want to share that, you know, getting high and listening to lyrics? That's not really counseling. <laughs> well, um, okay, so the, the other thing that I'm realizing here when I hear um, you discuss stage fright yeah, is it's sort of like life is your stage. Is that the context that you mean stage fright? It's not really your acting well, I, you know, I originally called it stage fright and I still call it stage fright because that's really when people, that's really when that fear pops out the most is when the spotlight is on you, right? All eyes are on you and suddenly you're like freezing up and you don't really want to speak up. But what I was starting to realize as I was coaching people and coaching people at work even and then coaching clients and coaching myself, what I was starting to realize is that when you have stage fright, It's not that you're not just speaking up a lot of times when you have to make a presentation. You're holding back in a lot of different areas because you don't like the spotlight being on you. So when you don't like the spotlight on you, you tend to hide out and you tend not to let your gifts really show. So, I mean, that's big, right? That's big. And I want to go back to our opening uh, paragraph for the show today and when we said our contributions are needed now more than ever, but we need to bring our A game. And I'm hearing and learning that stage fright can be blocking both. Oh, it does. Because what it is, is so you've got stage fright. And yeah, you know, for some people, it truly is that just getting up on stage is scary. But I'm finding that the more I talk to people is that It's not just when you're getting up on stage. And I know for myself, it was the same thing. It was like, unless I knew exactly what I wanted to say, I wouldn't speak up because we have such an intense fear of being judged. We have such an intense fear of it. And we really feel that, you know, we feel those all eyes are on us. We feel that, you know, everyone is judging us when the reality is it's really us judging us the harshest, but We're very sensitive to it. So when I teach the class, I teach the class around helping people to get up in front of a group. But when you get past that fear, you're also going to find that you just start speaking up and giving your opinion more often than you would in the past. Interesting. Do you think that, um, and I don't want to use this term, but I can't think of anything else, mm-hmm. leaders, but not necessarily leaders, but the people that are out in front 
speaking and communicating, they are not suffering any of these symptoms. And that's what's bringing them out. And because they're the ones out there, we kind of assume they might be the leaders when they may not be. They may not be, right. I mean, they just might be good at speaking up in front of people, but it doesn't mean that they're good leaders. You can have someone that has stage fright that's an excellent leader. And actually, people that have stage fright tend to be very good listeners, right? And so because we're so worried about judging, what we're doing is we're picking up on the little vibes that people send. And so we tend to be very good listeners, and we tend to be able to read a room really well. And so we also tend to be good leaders because we listen. So just because someone is a good speaker doesn't mean they're a good leader. And you're right. And we see that a lot. We see that just because someone is extroverted, people think that they're a natural leader. And that's not really true. They're just they're just good at getting up in front of a group and don't have that fear. But they might be terrible one on one and they might be terrible listeners. Yeah. And and when you think about it even more, that it's on us even, you know, stage fright should not be blocking greatness or contributions. Absolutely. Right? And, it's, right. and we need to be accountable to understand that. Um, you know, what is unique about you is somehow, and I don't know how this happened, you were able to figure that out, that you are accountable for bringing your contributions mm-hmm. forward and you need to get past those blockers. Right. Well, I knew that the blocks were doing a couple of things. They were keeping me back. I had good ideas and I wasn't sharing them out of fear. And then I also knew that it was it was sucking the joy out of my life. Being scared all the time is not fun. It's not fun. And I knew that I needed to come up with a way to get past it. But the problem was, is that everywhere I went and everyone I spoke to, No one really had a way of addressing it. If you go to Toastmasters, they don't really address it. You know, you'll see the same people get up there week after week after week. A, they either don't get up like that was me. I went for a year and never got up when I was in Chicago. Or you have people that get up there week after week and they're just scared to death. And no one helps them with addressing how to relax before they get up there. They just say, well, you know, Put your hand here or use an inflection or use vocal variety, you know, but they don't really say, well, here's what you can do to calm down before you even get up here so that you can just let yourself shine. Right. And and that's the big difference here, the disconnect that we want to make clear between stage fright and public speaking. This is not about technique of speaking mm -hmm. at all. Right. When you when you let go of the fear and you start walking through the fear your ability to shine just comes out because you're just letting yourself out. So one of the things that I talk about first thing in the workshop is what I always say is this workshop isn't about changing you. This workshop is about embracing who you are because we always think, well, I've got to change. I've got to be like that guy or that woman, or I've got to be able to speak like so-and-so. No, you just have to bring your fear down and let yourself out. And let yourself out. And then after that, you can take a presentation class because there are some techniques that will help you give a more dynamic presentation. But just letting your fear kind of die down and letting yourself out right there. You're 10 times better a speaker than you would have been. Interesting. It's not about change. It's about embracing. It's your embracing. Authentic who self. You're, uh, exactly. Embracing your authentic self. This is great, um, Eva. And so we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, maybe we can start talking about some of the symptoms of stage fright. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, but please stay with us. We're just scratching the surface. Uh, this is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we're talking stage fright. We will be right back. Let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we're um, sharing some insight from our co-host, Eva Lewandowski, today. Um, And Eva is a certified life coach and former corporate career, what, what would we say, Practice practitioner, 
Well, no, I was a consultant. Consultant. <laughs> you okay. know what I was. <laughs> Corporate consultant. Um, and you have battled this thing called stage fright uh, yeah. for a good portion of your career. I did. And you have since developed tools and training to get past it. Yes, to help people get past it. Because what I'm finding is is that, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, I don't really have stage fright, right? But yet, if you were to say to them, okay, so you don't have stage fright, come on the radio show. Well, I really don't have it. I don't have anything to say on the radio, blah, blah, blah. Or they're comfortable in a certain venue, but yet if you were to say, well, what about if you were to go on TV? Um, or what about if you had to speak in front of 500 people as opposed to 20 people? Could you do it? You know, do you have the tools in place to help you get past that? So this course is for people that are at all different levels because it crops up at all different levels. Interesting, right? Yeah. And, I, and I understand what you're saying. So I could be a big mouth in a meeting. Oh, yeah. But in a, let's say an all hands meeting with an organization, I might, I might panic. Well, you might be okay with the people that are under you, but when you go into a meeting with the seniors, you might panic. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I get it. So your workshop is not basically, it's not just about what you do or be like me. Hmm. It's showing how to use certain tools that'll help us dial down the, the fear. Right. That's exactly right. Because, you know, it crops up for everybody. It still crops up for me at times. I mean, it's not that I don't ever have fear. We all have fear. You know, I mean, one of the things that I always like to bring up is is something that I read from Tony Robbins. And I actually heard him speak on this. Right. So Tony Robbins is like, you know, Mr. Life Coach. And he was talking about it seemed to be Carly Simon. And when he was back, backstage with her, he asked her, you know, well, what do you feel? And she notoriously has stage fright really bad. And she said, well, my heart starts pounding, my hands start sweating, you know, all the blood rushes from my brain. And I just feel like I can't go on. Right. I just feel like I can't go on. And she does go on, but it's painful for her before she gets there. Same thing with Cher. They always say Cher always says that like they, her assistant has to push her out on stage before she starts to perform. But then about a year later, supposedly Tony Robbins, and this story is a little bit contrived, but I like what he has to say about it. He went backstage and he was talking to Bruce Springsteen. And he asked Springsteen, well, how do you know that when you're ready to go on? And Springsteen said, well, my hands get really sweaty. My heart starts to pound, you know, all the blood rushes from my head. And then I know I'm ready to go. Right. Yeah. So what my point behind that story is, is that when we have that fear, fear and excitement work the same in the body. They work the same adrenaline. So you've got all this adrenaline coursing through your body. You can either freak out and let it let it send you into a panic or you can start to channel it and use it to be excitement and enthusiasm behind what you have to say. Because you need a little bit of adrenaline to make what you've got to say exciting, because otherwise it can be boring. There's some performers that say, if I don't feel a little bit of fear, then I feel like I'm going to have a really bad performance. I need a little bit of that fear to keep me going. I also equate it to, do you ever see those, you know how they have those, America's Funniest Home Videos, right, mm-hmm. where they've got the, the people in the slingshot. They've always got the two in the slingshot, right? And the slingshot oh, goes the ride, flying, yeah. that ride, right? And the slingshot goes flying, and you've got the one person, like, screaming bloody murder and crying, and the other one just laughing. Well, they both are feeling the same thing. It's just one is going with it and not freaking out about that feeling, and the other one is just pushing against that feeling and freaking out. Interesting. And, um, you know, you clarified your role in corporate as a consultant. Thank you for that. (laughs) And that is a very um, high-end job description. Yeah, it is. So uh, stage fright or some of the symptoms you're describing can really impact that performance. Oh, yeah. And it could really cause you to be on edge all day long. Mm, It kind of speaks to the 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 demeanor that you say sucks because you're always uptight and in a panic. Right. And most people didn't really know that. Right. You know, most people, I would say almost all of my coworkers did not know that I was in a panic. 
Um, but I knew I was in a panic. And so it, it made things not very fun for me. And, and it was, you know, I had, I had a good career and there were a lot of times when I was working with groups that I really felt had my back. And I realized later that when I was in a group that I felt had my back, that was when I really shined. You know, because I could really be myself and knew that someone wouldn't just let me drop. But other times, you know, I would have a lot of panic behind it. Um, it's really hard. So, no, I want to talk more about that, mm-hmm. but I want to also discuss some of these symptoms. Okay. Right. So when you hear things like panic or fear, I don't, you know, that means a lot of different things. Well, and it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, so sometimes people will say, well, I have fear. I have butterflies on my stomach. Well, I'm not talking about butterflies. I'm talking about full-blown panic, what is termed as fight or flight syndrome, right? So that's when your adrenal glands kick into full gear. And it was that term actually comes from, you know, when we were cavemen, And, you know, an animal would be chasing us and we would go into full adrenal mode because we don't have to think anymore. It's all about our body moving forward and getting us out of there. Just instincts? It's instincts. So what happens is, is people will say, well, all of a sudden I lose my train of thought. Well, you're losing your train of thought because your body feels it's being attacked and all the blood is rushing from your head into your limbs so that you can run out of there. You're much more poised at that point to run out of the presentation room than you are to actually be able to sit and think clearly. So, you know, I'll sometimes like, you know, sometimes you get sweaty, you know, your palms will sweat or you turn red. Um, Sometimes you shake. Like I used, I remember in grad school, I got up there, I was in a full body shake. I mean, my knees were shaking. I remember the first time my knees started shaking. I thought I didn't even think that was real. But it's real. Like your knees will just start knocking together. There's a lot of much fear. A lot of skill here. What I'm listening to, right? Mm. A lot of analysis that took place to figure this out. I mean, oh yeah. um, And so, so you you get to the point where you see your knees shaking, Mm -hmm. or um, some of the other symptoms. What what is it like? Your voice shakes, you lose your train of thought, um, you can start to sweat. And so, and then what happens? I mean, how did you go from understanding what this, what is happening to correcting it or trying to fight back? Well, that took a while, right? And, and I didn't know what to do. I had gone for, you know, hypnosis. I'd been in therapy. I had gone to Toastmasters, like I said, and I was up there for, you know, a full year and never got up to speak until they started, like, asking me, like, why aren't you getting up to talk? It's been like a year, right? And Unbelievable. Then, so then they were, it was actually uh, working against your self-interests. Oh, yeah, it was working against me. I thought there was no way. I mean, the people that were getting up there were so polished and such good speakers. I thought there's no way I'm getting up here and making an idiot out of myself in front of all these people. Did, did Let me interrupt. Did you think... This was unique to you, or did you think many were suffering? No, I didn't think it was totally unique to me. I just couldn't find anybody that really addressed it. Because I noticed in grad school that there were times that I would say, God, I'm I'm having a really tough time. I'm not sure if I want to do this presentation. I've got really bad stage fright, blah, blah, blah. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget this one guy said, oh, I don't have stage fright. I don't have one bit of stage fright. I'm, you know, I like getting up there. It's no problem. He got up to do his presentation. He was low talking the whole time, looking down at his feet, scared to death. And I'm thinking, oh, so I don't have, you don't have it, but I do, you know, right, but yeah, right. you know, you're doing this right. And so, um, that's what happens. Right. And, and the more I, I yeah. think about what you're saying, um, even, even the dynamic speakers that hide behind a teleprompter, could oh, yeah. be hiding their symptom of not trusting their authentic self to come out. Right, right, right. Yeah, and the teleprompter, I mean, if you've got a lot of nerves, using a teleprompter is not a bad thing. It's a good strategy. I mean, you do have to have some strategies, but nobody at that time talked about strategies. I took a bunch of presentation classes, and when I would take it, they'd be like, well, just pretend, you know, they used to talk, always talk about that. Well, just pretend your audience is like in their underpants, which does you no good. You know, even in their underpants, they're still judging me is how, you know, how I, I thought about I it. I tend to do that, um, you know, not only when I'm preparing to speak. You shouldn't really tell people that, right? I mean, there's... <laughs> 
<laughs> you shouldn't really tell people that. That's funny. But no, so what, what started to happen was, um, I decided I wanted to do. Did voice I throw over. you there? Did I? <laughs> no, okay, I, I'm just trying to redirect. Okay. <laughs> so I decided I wanted to do voiceover, right? And this is unrelated, right? Unrelated, unrelated but yet I wanted to do it. It kind of came out and, and I actually had people at work telling me, you have such bad stage fright. Why do you keep doing this? Right. You know, I know they would say to me, you know, I know that, you know, you look fine in meetings, but I know that you're really scared and that this really scares you too. So why do you keep taking these presentation classes? Why do you keep going to Toastmasters? If it were me, I wouldn't go anywhere near it. Right. And so it came out that I wanted to start acting and I did start taking acting classes and improv and it was so much fun. I was having so much fun. I was scared to death, but I was having so much fun that there were times that I would forget that people were looking at me. And that's when I started to realize that having a fun way to get up on stage made it much easier to start kind of walking through that fear because you can analyze the fear to death. You still have to walk through it. Right. So I didn't have any techniques at the, that point to help me bring my fear down. But just the fact that I was getting up in front of people and having a lot of fun. Yeah. Was helping getting me used to that. You know, what I don't understand. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go to seminars, we give seminars mm-hmm. and uh, there's a phrase in these seminars that always comes up that we're going to take you out of your comfort zone. Right. Right. And. That makes me uncomfortable. Well, because some of us have no comfort zone, right? So we're never in a comfort zone. We would like a comfort zone. Right. What I don't understand about you, which makes it really interesting, is how were you able to have fun doing what was maybe your greatest fear in that was acting or being on stage? Because I had made, I had made a commitment to myself that I was going to figure out a way to get past it. And I wanted to get past it. I wanted to get past it. Okay, so that's, you know, we're in uncharted waters here, right? Yeah. Talking about this, but that is really the key. You had a private conversation with yourself. You were doing this for you. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So you took the measuring and... um the fear off the table and just worked within yourself. Right. And then somehow you had the, the, the analytical ability to realize you were having fun. Oh yeah. That was a lot of fun. Unbelievable. It was a lot of fun, but it was scary. I mean, when I first went, when I first went to the audition studio in Chicago, it was all actors. I was not an actor. I didn't even have a headshot and they were asking me like, what are you doing here? And, but I had such a great time she said, you've kind of missed your calling, you know, and we just went from there. It was really fun. I know we're going to take a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to throw this out first and then maybe we can continue afterwards. But um, this taking it into corporate or into business, mm-hmm. when we say things like have fun doing it, mm-hmm. sometimes comes off as a as a weakness or a turnoff. Um, oh, yeah. I- let's talk about that after the break, because we both have thoughts on that. Right. Right. OK, excellent. So. We're getting smarter, uh, and I love it. So please stay with us. We have a lot more to talk about with uh, Eva Lewandowski. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we will be right back. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more Corporate Talk on TalkZone. We are back. We are back. Segment three. I was just, I was just, if we were on video, I was just bobbing to the music. (laughs) Um, So this is really interesting how you could, A, understand that this thing you define as stage fright was preventing you from bringing your A game Mm -hmm. and B, actually taking um, educational direction in that weakness, right, to, yeah. to come out of it. And then while you're in there, actually having fun. Oh, yeah, it was a lot. I mean, it really is um, unique all the way across the board. I just want to say, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
as a softball coach for yeah. Junior Olympic girls, I always used to say in practice, practice your weakness, not your strength. And well, that's and a good tip. I never could get that point across because the girls felt more comfortable catching fly balls if they were good at that and not making a relay throw from right field to hit the cutoff because that was tricky. Well, but what makes that a really good point, if you think about like when you go to the gym, right, working what you're really good at doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. It's when you start lifting weights around the muscles that are weak that you really see the differences. And that's, you know, what you're talking about here. But it takes a lot of um, self-awareness and belief to be able to do that, mm -hmm. to be able to go out there and work your weakness. You somehow manage to do that. Um, and uh, actually used the results to bring out your A game. It's sort of like, you know, you were covert. You know, you came back afterwards and did some damage because you knew how to bring out your authentic self. Well, I knew that there had to be a way, you know, I had been reading enough self-help and self-development. I knew that there had to be a way that I could get past myself, right? Like the book that I'm reading now, which is Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. You know, I think it's a great title, right? And that was the same thing here. I knew that I had a lot to offer, but I just couldn't get it out. And I knew that I had to figure out a way to do that. And I actually even thought about that if I did figure out a way, I mean, this was like years ago. I thought, if I ever figure out a way to get past this, I'm going to help other people do it. Because I know that this is an issue for a lot of people and no one's talking about it, especially at work. And when we do our care workshops, I mean, you see that all the time. People are really afraid to speak up. They're really afraid to be their authentic self. And what I found is when I started letting who I really was out and not just out one-on-one, -on -one. you know, because I could be myself if I was just with a couple of coworkers, we were in a meeting together. But if I was in a big meeting, I tended to try to be corporate. You know, I didn't let myself out. And when I let out who I was, which is someone that collaborates, someone that uses humor, someone that, you know, doesn't feel like, you know, we're working on accounting and IT. We don't have someone open on the table. You know, this isn't, everything is not, you know, this, horrible panic that, you know, we've got someone, you've got the heart in our hand. Because hmm. um, that's how everybody always acts, right? And when I started just leading meetings that way, letting myself come out, I found that, A, I started making more money, which is what you talk about, and B, people wanted to work with me. Yeah, it's sort of like, oh my God, the volcano erupted. Oh yeah? Well, we're out of balance. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> David Stone equal credits. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. I guess there's two things um, I want to hit on before I forget. Mm. One is what you were just talking about, but I want to come back to that. And that, and the, before the break, we talked about um, how, and again, it's just unbelievable. You managed to have fun in developing your uh, weaknesses into strengths, right? Um, so when, and so that was such a big thing for you that that's a big part of your training. Mm -hmm. And, um, we want to, we want to understand how, let's say a tough guy can come to that table, that training and embrace having fun and not thinking it's a weakness. Mm, okay. Well, because, you know, having fun to me, is not really ever a weakness. And I've seen tough guys that as soon as they start having fun, they ha they're they having fun. They're understanding that they can get a lot more done having fun. I mean, getting work done doesn't mean that you have to suffer. I'm wondering yes. if the toughness is a stage fright symptom. It can be. Sure it can. I mean, that's like when we talk about bullying. You know, when we talked with, um, is it Lorna? Yeah. And and when we talked with Lorna and she was discussing um, bullying, you know, that's a big bullying is fear. It's being afraid that you're going to be the weak one. So you're going to bully everybody else, you know, to do what you want to do. And the thing is, right, as a consultant, mm -hmm. you're you're you know, you're in the major leagues. Oh, yeah. It's So um, for <laughs> you to be able to 
get by in the major leagues and actually earn a living as a consultant. And if you're saying that having fun at what you do helped you, mm-hmm. then it helped everybody. Then it's legit, right? It is legit. Yeah, absolutely. It helps everybody because when I mean, you can see it yourself when you're trying to get something done. And if you're wound, even like if you're trying to get from point A to point B, you know, you're leaving the house and you're trying to get somewhere. If you're really wound, then it's much harder to get done whatever it is you need to get done, even just driving in the car. But if you can find a way to relax and have some fun and let yourself out, it makes everything much more pleasant. It's not that the work doesn't get done. It's not that there isn't a sense of urgency because there's always a sense of urgency. It's just that the sense of urgency is now collaborative and everybody's working together to come to a good end of a project. Imagine the workplace then. Can you imagine? I know. Well, you know, the Dalai Lama was talking about if If we taught every child how to meditate for one hour a week on compassion in the whole world, that there would be no war going forward. Wow. Yeah. Um, And that's how big this is. I mean, if people can approach their life and work knowing that there will be some fear, but not letting that fear control them fully. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what a difference that makes for everybody. I want to talk a little bit about some of the techniques we can do to help, Mm, mm -hmm. but I want to first go over this um, phenomenal statement of we, we don't want you to change. It's not about change. It's about bringing out your authentic self. Yeah. And what happens or how do I deal with the fact that that's the fear? The fear is that my authentic self is not good enough. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody's got that fear, right? I mean, that's a big one. And I like something that Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, said on an Oprah thing. She's always all over Oprah now. But she said, everybody thinks that their fear is the special one. My fear is special. You've got like generic fear, but my fear is special. And I'm going to wrap up my fear and I'm going to hang on to it nicely. Because nobody can help me. Because nobody can help me because this is my special fear. And I'm telling everybody that everybody thinks that they're inadequate. There's very few people that think that they're like great. I mean, everybody has their moments when they think that they're inadequate. And that's something that you just need to start examining. And there's a number of great ways to examine it. One of them is with Byron Katie, where you just ask yourself, is that really true? Like when you tell yourself, well, I'm not good enough. Is that really true? Are there any times when you can look at that and say that that wasn't true? Right. And sometimes you just have to say, I mean, I just wrote a blog post on this. So what? So if you screw something up, you have to say, so what? You have to start building that resiliency because all that, all that I'm not good enough is just fear talking. That's just fear talking. That's just you wanting to hide out and not wanting to put it out there. So, and, but it's something you have to work on. It's something you have to work on every day a little bit. Just like you got trained to thinking you're not good enough, you can untrain yourself to think you're not, to think you are good enough. Yeah, and you have to, I guess, uh, I'm applying this to myself as I speak, right? Mm-hmm. I have to start looking at the things I do that are good. Yeah. Right, right? And not just worry about what I have not yet achieved. Exactly. And, and also about the others that are achieving. Right. That's exactly right. And so all of that comes with what I call the drip, drip, drip of analyzing every day. And looking at the good things that you accomplished every day, because we have a tendency to focus on the negative. So what I'll say to people in the workshops is when you're feeling like this, a hundred people can tell you that you did a great job and one person will say you sucked and you will focus on that one person because that one person has to be right. Cause that one person is in line what you think of yourself and you're not appreciating the hundred other people that said you thought it was great. You're doing you're doing the world a disservice by not letting your light shine. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, you know, going in the opposite direction for one second. How do you remain humble? How do you not become a runaway person that is now thinking that 
I'm so great. Well, a runaway person that's thinking they're so great is still running with fear. That's just ego talking. So you're still talking from this place of fear. When you are fully and authentically yourself, there's no fear. So there's none of this runaway ego. And sometimes people will say that, you know, that has happened. You know, like all of a sudden my ego started getting the best of me. You know what? That's okay. You'll come back to center. Just keep working on it. Just keep working on it. I don't like when I hear 21 days to, you know, freedom, you know, freedom from fear, whatever. You can get on the track for that. But if you're, you know, 35 years old and you've been scared for 35 years, it might take a little bit of time to move you in a different direction. Now, there are techniques like we were talking about emotional freedom technique that on on different things can work very fast. If something scared you, like let's say a dog attacked you and it within that, you know, five minute incident, you now have had fear of dogs for 10 years. Things like emotional freedom technique can help, you know, wipe out some of that fear. But other fears that have been ingrained for a long time, it takes some work. Wow, I'm. Uh, it's interesting. I'm. I'm uh, stuck on the fear of your authentic self being good enough, mm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you know there are training workshops to help you get past that. Oh yeah, it's, there's a lot. I mean, that's what life coaching is about. Is about you know letting go of your limiting beliefs. Yeah, letting go, and that's what. EFT, emotional freedom technique is for, is to let go of those limiting beliefs. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, we find positive affirmations work really well. And I do think they work really well, but not if you've got what we call a tail ender on it. Well, you know, I want to make a lot of money, but nobody in my family ever has. That's a tail ender, right? Okay. And so with emotional freedom technique, we work on getting rid of that, but no one in my family ever has. We actually address it and work on it and do what we call tapping through it. Um, excellent. So when we come back for our final break, maybe we can talk about the program itself. Okay. Maybe you could share some of the uh, benefits or features of, of the program, and maybe we can have one or two things we can take away mm-hmm. that we can help ourselves with going forward. But before we we go to the break, can you you mentioned earlier that you know you had a blog post can you share your website again for our listeners Yeah my website is core c o r e coaching inc i n c .com so corecoachinginc.com And on there is uh blog posts and Yeah and the links to our shows and more information about the workshops and more information about the work I do and about coaching with me one on one This is great you're you're pretty good E I got to say Thank you So please stay with us. We have more to come. Uh, One more segment. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Woo, we are back. Um, This has been an unbelievable show and I know we're not done yet but I just wanted to say that you know it's inspiring to know that there's help and not only that I can have help with my fears have fun with it yeah and it helps the mission of corporate talk which is um bring your a game and be accountable to contribute right because if you can't if you're too scared to speak up you're not going to contribute Right. Right. So that's what we're talking about here. So when people, I mean, I guess we all think about this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. What do we miss? Like, what do I fail to say to myself to make me want to get past this? I mean, how do I know if I'm in denial or I'm just not really focused on it? Well, I think one of the big ways that people go into denial is when they start blaming other people for their lack of success. You know, when you start, because there's always a payoff for holding back. So, you know, what's the payoff? What's your payoff for holding back? I know my payoff for holding back was that, you know, a lot of times my butt wasn't on the line. I would let, you know, someone else take the hit because maybe they were better at speaking up in a meeting than I was. 
And so, or maybe they like fighting, or maybe they like conflict a little bit more. So I would kind of hold back, let someone else maybe sometimes take the hit. And that's not really an okay place to be at because you're not really speaking up and letting yourself out. Yeah, you know, it's funny, right? As we're talking, I, I just keep spinning and spinning. And this is really for everyone. This is men, women, oh, regardless yeah. of your job description. Um, this is a personal training um, tool or tools to help us with whatever we do. Well, you know, it's funny because when I first started doing the workshops, I thought, you know, I'd gotten into a couple of different groups where I thought, well, there's people here that maybe aren't really going to like this training or aren't going to really need this training. And what I'm finding is, is that everybody really needs the training because somewhere down the road, we get scared of something. You know, and we kind of go through our day sleepwalking and not really thinking about how we can make things better or thinking that we can never make things better. When the reality is, is we have a lot more control over our day and our feelings than we give ourselves credit for. So I, I wanted to just say something else on that. I was listening to Sonia Choquette, who's an intuitive teacher out of Chicago and who I've trained with for many years. And I was listening to a tape of hers the other day, and she said, don't change your life, change your vibration. So basically what that's saying is you don't have to change your life. Change the way you think about your life first. Change the way you think about what's going on. Start focusing on the positives, letting go of the negatives. And you'll start to see that as you focus on the positives, more positives will start coming to you. And I know that that's not necessarily, you know, fully about stage fright, but it is about fear. And it is about stage fright is just fear. And when we start letting go and we start looking at what's positive in our life, more positive things will come and fear starts to dissipate because we feel more protected. Interesting. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking about this. Uh, I love the fact that if we can get past our fears and I'm looking at it in the workplace and I'm looking at it with say an aggressive boss or something. And mm-hmm. you know, if that person was at the table in your workshop with others mm-hmm. and realize that the others realize that we're all equal, we're parts, all equal. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fantastic. So, um, Maybe walk us through part of the workshop. Um, you know, what are some of the features that we can expect to? Well, to one hear? of the things that I like to focus on in the beginning of the workshop is just having everyone kind of assess where they're at. When they think of stage fright, when they think of speaking up, where is it exactly that you're at? You know, what is your level of fear? What's holding you back? What scares you? Give it a name. You don't necessarily have to share it with the group, but at least you become aware of where am I holding back and why am I holding back? So if I don't let my guard down, someone's going to take me out. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that's your thing. You know, if I let my guard down, someone's going to take me out. Well, what does, you know, when you say that, what does that mean? How are they, has anyone ever taken you out? What, what has happened in your life? That would make you think that. And if you can't think of something, then maybe it's time to just start examining that belief and saying, why do I have this belief? And maybe if I let my God down, someone will take me in. Right, right. That's exactly right. I like, I was listening to Christina Carrillo, who was the um, founder of Philosophy, which is a big um, skincare and it's like a global skincare and cosmetics brand. And she sold the company for billions. It was a crazy amount of money. But she said, as a child, I didn't believe that I had any potential. She says, I believed I had zero potential. So when I started this company, I thought I had so little potential that it didn't matter what I did. I did, it didn't matter what I did, so I just did it. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, so there's, there's something to be said for, even though, you know, so many of us, I have it too, it still raises its head at times, you know, where we don't feel like we're good enough. You know, just say, okay, so I know you don't really think you're good enough. That's my, what we call our lizard brain talking. And just go try it anyway. Just go see. Because it's all those little successes that are what move you forward. So you just have to first, The first thing you have to do and you start doing it tomorrow is examine your thoughts. Examine them. Okay, so um, 
I'm finishing your workshop. My head hits the pillow. I wake up and what should I do first? The first thing you should do is think about how you're starting your day and what your intention is for your day. And I like to tell people that if you don't believe in setting intention, understand that when you say today is going to suck, that you've set an intention for your day. So you can take that day and turn it around and change it to be something different. Today is going to be a good day. And here's what I want to come from this day. We think that we have no control over what we want to come from our days, but we really do. And also, one thing that I want to look at specific to stage fright is um, I want everybody to start looking at what they're eating and drinking. And this is something that we haven't touched on yet at all. But one of the biggest things when it comes to anxiety and fear is that what we eat and drink can really mess us up. Yeah. No, uh, we have about a minute left. Um, and so... What do we do about the panic then? Like, how do I dial that down? Well, one of the things to do, first of all, is to just take a moment and start doing a meditation where you're you're bringing down all of your fears. So what that is, is you're sitting in a chair and you relax every part of yourself, starting at your top of your head. I relax my eyes. I relax my mouth. I relax my shoulders. Just take that minute, and you can do that even right before you're going into a meeting. Now, the other thing that we so have... So you're saying meditation technique. Well, it's more of a relaxation technique, just to kind of let that go and let the fear go through me. You know, just let that fear go through you. And I can talk about that more later, and I know that we're coming, we're running out of time. But the other thing is, is that emotional freedom technique really works. And it's a fast technique that can be learned quickly. Um, I will be having some demo videos on my website that people can check out. You can also go to places like EFT Universe, and they will show you how to do that technique. That's a very fast way to bring down um, panic and anxiety. So how that's do, a whole other show. That how, we could talk how do we find out more? How do we? How do I take the next step with you, Eva, if I'm a listener right now? Um, you can just email me at eva at corecoachinginc.com. You can reach out to me that way. You can also reach out to me um, via my website. If you'd like, you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, it's right on the first page. Um, also, you can call me at 773-612-0156, Um Unbelievable. I think, I think what you're doing is great. I think you're great. Thank you. Um, I think this is a, it's an interesting, it's a unique web, uh, excuse me, workshop. Um, and they're real authentic tools from someone who actually uses them every day. It only do. counts if you use the tools. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's not about change. It's about bringing out your authentic it's self. It's embracing yourself. Yes. Excellent. So this has been fantastic. And I thank you, and I'm looking forward to our next show. Me too. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye, guys. See you next week. Have a great week.